The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of pup talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. The lotto line is back, but is it going to work full time on a regular basis? We're going to tell you next here on Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 happy Monday and welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer for Daily Hive and also your co-host here of Locked On Canucks. Before we dive into the episode, we got to thank you for tuning into Locked On Canucks. It is your team every damn day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. I also got to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. It's a jam-packed show today, baby. And you know we're feeling good because on Saturday we saw the Lotto Line reunited, and it felt so good, baby. But can this last long term? I think there's one key to it, and I'm going to tell you what I think it is uh, coming up here in a couple of minutes. We also got to talk about the Willie Neeler Willie Nylander contract extension. And uh, yeah, it means that Pedersen is going to make $97 million a year now. Um, also going to touch on the Canucks go to the week, the five best Canucks from last week. And finally, a very quick pregame prophecy ahead of Canucks and Rangers. Uh, but before I do any of that, I got to introduce my co-host. If you're watching on YouTube, you see this guy's looking, he was looking damn confused there through the first minute of the show. Kyle Bellin, how you doing, brother? Yeah, because it, it sounds like we're doubling up. Do you, do you get that as well? Or, like, am I replaying? Okay, let us let me know in the comments if we are doubling up. My headphones are playing a lot of games with me. Uh, Trevor, you got to take it away, okay? You start the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna work through some technical difficulties. Locked on Canucks, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, Lotto Line, Trevor Beggs. You're gonna do some convincing. Elias Pettersson making 12 mil a year, maybe 12 and a half, probably because Neilander got paid. It is what it is. Uh, Beggsy, take it away. Right. So everyone knows on a Saturday night we saw the the Lotto Line reunited back together, and was Rick Tockett potentially listening to the fans now? I know it wasn't, you know, an overwhelming majority of the fan base, but there were people online who were saying that it is time to put the lotto line back together. And it was really based off of the fact that Pew Suter uh, was playing, you know, arguably the best hockey of his career. Lo and behold, Saturday night puck drop uh, happened and Pew Suter was centering his second line with Ilya Mikhaev and Andre Kuzmenko. And we hit the lotto line back together. Kyle talked about that on the Saturday show, so you can go check that out. Uh, a great episode Kyle dropped on Saturday where, well, I ditched the people to be a family man. You know, it was bad time with my daughter. It was bedtime, you know, uh, but she was watching the Canucks game with me and having a damn good time. But here's the thing about the lotto line. Now, I will say it feels like it's been almost four years since they were really together um, as a trio. But people kind of forget that they were put together at times in the Travis Green era, but they just didn't seem to have that same magic. But really, it's been, again, since early 2020 since the line was back together. So nearly four years since the lotto line did its thing. Most of the roster, most of the team has been turned over since then. Um, but you just look at how all three of these guys have been playing this season. This line might be more dangerous together than it's that it ever was in the past, right? You have Pedersen and Besser in their primes, JT Miller, arguably playing the best hockey of his career. I don't even think that's really an argument. I think that line's going to have a lot of success. I don't think that's a bold take now. I think the key to making the lotto line work is having the second line of the Canucks be successful, at least win their matchups um, possession wise, goal wise, uh, come close to breaking even. 
Now that might be easier said than done. I know fans were hyping up P.U. Suter, the best thing is some Swiss cheese. But P.U. Suter, is he a second-line center on a Stanley Cup contending team? That's that's up for debate, and I would argue probably not. Now, the reason I bring up the second line being the key for the success is because you look at the third line, and the third line has been the best third line in hockey. We've talked about that already. Every day is no, and nothing has changed on that front. And that's a little teaser to go into the week in our second segment uh, because, you know, again, third line guys are going to make it on uh, the goats of the week. But the third line is is stellar, right? Teddy Bluger, Dakota Joshua, Connor Garland doing their thing. They picked up some more goals, some more points over the weekend. Um, but then you look at the second line, and it's fair to wonder, is the second line going to be good enough if Miller, Better, Besser, and Pedersen are all in one line? I mean, you look at the Stanley Cup contending teams, they tend to spread out their offense, right? You know, Vegas is a prime example of that. You know, Jonathan March still on the second line, Mark Stone, Jack Eichel on the first line, and William Carlson on the third line. They really spread out the offense. That seems to be to be the way to go with most teams nowadays. So can the Canucks kind of buck the trend? Like the Canucks are almost going the opposite in terms of spreading out their talent, right? If you look at the defense, Hughes and Hironic, you have a super pair. You know, it was one of the best pairs in the league early in the season. I think offensively, it still is one of the best pairs in the league. But defensively, that pairing has left something to be desired. But the fact of the matter is, if you have Miller, Besser, and Pedersen all in one line, Hughes and Hronick together on a pairing, you're doing the opposite of what the rest of the league's doing. You're stacking up your talent higher up in the lineup. I just don't know long-term if the Canucks can withstand having Miller, Besser, and Pedersen on that top line and have a second line that has Pew Suter as your second line center. You're putting a lot of faith in P.U. Suter. I certainly hope it works out. And I think probably the X factor here is a guy we've talked about ad nauseum in this market, and that's Andre Kuzmenko. Can Kuzmenko regain some of his form from past seasons? Because if he does, and he can do so away from Pedersen, which he hasn't done consistently throughout his NHL career so far, then that will go a long ways towards giving me, as an analyst and a fan, confidence in the second line helping out the Canucks in terms of their success, right? Mm-hmm. Because all three of these guys are one line, then afterwards it's like, okay, is Russell line at the, that bottom not going to hold up? Again, fourth line is whatever. There's a lot of garbage on fourth lines across the NHL. I'm not saying the Canucks have garbage, but to me, again, that second line has got to gotta be more than the sum of their parts. Now, Kyle... Uh, I, don't I don't know if that's gonna, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if that's possible. I, I missed the first four minutes of the show. I have no idea what Trevor Beck said early on. But I don't know if it's possible for P.U. Suter to carry a line. It's just it's just something I that... Think, okay, so l- l- let me go and say this. I think P.U. Suter has played way, way above value. In fact, I would argue that he's been perfect. Been perfect. And it's not even just about the numbers. Like, when I see this guy play, I'm way more than, than impressed. Like, this guy's a very good hockey player, worth way more than less than $2 million a year. I think he does have a higher ceiling. I just don't know if that's being a second I actually know for sure like he's not a second line center on an elite team that doesn't really sound like the plan that being said you know the lotto line one one thing that this team really did need was some sort of spark to ignite some fun into this lineup and I know that sounds kind of petty slash demanding of me because the team's been way above 500 all season if you look at their record in the last 12 games they've been really good when it comes to wins and losses that being said again they were kind of dull. They needed that spark. Somebody who also needed that spark was Quinn Hughes. Now, obviously, he doesn't play on that line, but when the Canucks are pushing the pace more, 
I feel as if they're leaning into something that is way more dynamic than structure, and that's their superstardom. Now, I do also get, and you've alluded to this so many times, and you know, you've watched way more hockey than me over the last couple of years. Okay, when the when the Canucks are out, I'm out. Okay, I'm out. And Trevor and Tockett have touched on how they're trying to get this team to play the right way for that style of hockey. And I think this group of players is intelligent enough. I think they got the right people on the coaching staff throughout the whole organization to make sure that's still the case. But I don't think that should come at the cost of ignoring what else this team can do. And that's play high octane offense. And I don't know. I think that sprinkling in the lotto line to the equation just for a little bit is a tool slash weapon, a secret weapon that they can use whenever they want. I don't know if it's the game plan for the whole season slash how they're planning on matching up with other teams like Vegas and Los Angeles and whatnot, but like Edmonton does with Drysaddle and McDavid when they need things done or they need to change a pace and they need to spark some life into the lineup, it's something that they can easily do. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, I think that lotto line is is so stellar and, and like you so said, good. it really injected some some enthusiasm into this lineup, into this team. I think I think the enthusiasm the enthusiasm before was coming from the Canucks third line. Um, so I think we all want to see the lotto line work, right? Because it's, it's exciting, it's fun. Um, that being said, I I, I kind of wanted to mention that on that second line. I mean, I don't think either you or I have faith in that work in long term, right? Like, can mm-hmm. that second line hold up? No, it doesn't really look like a quality NHL second mm-hmm. line on a contending team. Of course. That man. being said, Pew Suter's play way above his value. He's looked great. Perfect. Ilya Mikhaev. I mean, I, don't, I think Ilya Mikhaev has been overshadowed. We haven't really talked about him that much and he's been fantastic. I do think the X factor on that second line though is Andre Kuzmenko. Mm-hmm. If Kuzmenko can figure it out, if he can create some offense, if he can be the play driver, the creative offensive force for that second line, then that might open things up. But Again, he seems to be lacking some confidence. The coaching staff lacks confidence in him. Uh, to me, he's a huge X factor in terms of the water line sticking together. Kuzmego can figure it out away from Pedersen mm-hmm. in a top six offensive role. That really changes things for the makeup of the Canucks forward group. And he he looked really good against New Jersey when it came to him providing some offense slash generating some scoring chances. But we do got to keep in mind that the Devils were not only missing Dougie Hamilton, they were missing arguably three top six players. I don't know if Palat is the top six player there, but they were missing Timo Meyer and Jack Hughes. So you could understand how that would work for matchups. You know what I'm saying? And that Kuzmenko line was in the offensive zone for most of the game. I think they were in the offensive zone more than the PD line. The PD line was just deadly though. They were just assassins. Like when they got into the offensive zone, they were going to score a goal. And going back on that, you know, we saw it in the past. That's just what the best lines in hockey do especially when they're on heaters and we got to keep in mind for the better part of the last 20 games. I feel like Miller and Pedersen have been like, they've been good. They probably still got like 17 to 23 points or 24 points somewhere in between there, but there is a part of them that probably feel like they can deliver way more. And they probably want to put up the stats too. You know, they're offensive minded guys and they may be leaning on this sudden, sudden partnership to, I don't know, push the envelope, push the agenda, get those numbers way back up. And I'm more than confident that that's going to be the case against a team like the Rangers, though, as uh, East Van 420 just alluded to. I want to see them beat the Rangers. Uh, We've fallen short against top-tier teams. Like, can they do it against the Rangers? Can they ice up a second line with P.U. Suter? 
being uh, you know what let me how, how am i saying this you know commenters if you're in the live chat call me an idiot okay call kyle bound an idiot how come i'm calling this line the second line when the teddy bluger line has been dominant and dakota joshua and Car connor garland have been dominant five on five since late october so, i mean yeah they they're they're playing above the capabilities of a third line right so i i see don't be too hard on yourself though definitely a third line right no, but I think I, 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 I think Tockett can lean on those three to allow him to play this card. And that's, again, Miller, Patterson, and Besser. Now, do you want to touch more on that Hughes comment that I made? Like, don't you think that this is something that kind of helps Quinn pick up his offensive game again? And yeah, don't get me wrong. Like I said, structure is so important. The playoffs, it's a different game. It's not all about the offense, but... Confidence is a huge thing. Swagger is a huge thing, especially when you have superstar players. And sometimes you got to give them this instead of the structure to really elevate. And for Quinn Hughes, I don't know, his last two games, I know that St. Louis game we lost, but bro, this guy was magnificent against St. Louis. And then New Jersey, you know, his younger brother wasn't playing. Jack Hughes, well, one of them. And bro, this guy, this guy did the most, man. He did the most. I wish Jack was watching that game because I feel as if it wasn't really like the, the, the real version of the Hughes Bowl. Yeah, hundred percent. I I will say that I don't know about like commoners necessarily is the right word for Hughes when you talk about the water line sparking him. Mm -hmm. But I think it might give him the spark in the sense that wow, you look at what these guys are doing. There should be some internal competition. Like Hughes wants to be just as good. I mean, he's the all star on this team right now. Um, I, I do think you see that line do their thing, and Hughes definitely wants, wants to win the Norris piece of the pie. Wants to win the Norris, man. Okay, because think about a guy like Quinn Hughes, man, going into the season fourth tier defenseman third tier defense and whatever Dom decision had on that dumbass list. Okay. And then he heard the noise and he said like, yo, just, just watch what's going to happen. And you know, points matter not to the team success, but when you're like 13 games over 500, maybe this is the time to just, I don't know, stack up some points, gain some confidence, gain that swagger back again, not that important because this is, I guess, more of a thing for a fan to say, but I will also add, you know, having like, if you're playing five on five hockey and, uh, <laughs> You have JT Miller, Brock Besser, Elias Patterson, and Quinn Hughes on the ice. Bro. Bro. You're probably scoring a goal every one in every three shifts, one in every four shifts. So let's get to the comments before we get to the breaks. Apologies for the technical difficulties early on. I don't know what the hell was going on there. I was hearing double, but I'm glad the fans, the people, weren't listening to double. Uh, I want to see. Uh, I, wanna, I, re I read something here, okay? I want to... Uh, it's the fatherhood, okay? Uh, Trevor Beggs apparently has no time to shave, okay? Because Elston was bringing up the fact that you already got your playoff beard popping. On this note, I did want to do an episode, and I almost dropped it yesterday. The Canucks will beat the Oilers in the first round of the playoffs, but I don't want to jinx us, okay? I don't want to – it's too early to talk about the playoffs, but man, oh, man, it's going to happen, okay? Get ready. April's coming, and we're going to play the Oilers in the first round of the playoffs. There's a 50% chance it's going to happen, and that's going to be intense. Can't, I can't wait for it, man. And uh, you know, we're going to have you all every step of the way here on Locked on Canucks. Let's get to a break, and then let's talk a little Pedersen, Nylander, go to the week. Oh, my God, man. I got, we got a lot to talk about still here Ooh. on Locked on Canucks. So make sure you stay tuned. But first, I got to shout out Game Time. Have you ever been stressed out by buying tickets at the last minute? You know me, I'm a big last-minute deals guy, and I found that the best place for killer deals at the last minute is Game Time. You know, Game Time, they got my back. I get these emails from Nicole at game time, and she's always teasing me 
both concerts and events this week in my area. What's even better than that is that GameTime offers a lowest price guarantee along with event protection cancellation. They also have exclusive flash deals on last-minute tickets, so make sure you get tickets for things like football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Now, you have no choice but to get off your rear end and go check out a local show on a Friday night. So make sure you snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, okay, we back on Locked On Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is Trevor Beggs who is probably one of the biggest losers I know, okay? Ask him. Ask him how the Seahawks are doing, okay? <laughs> how the Seahawks doing, Trevor? And how the Green Bay Packers doing, baby? Dude, there's more love in my life. And now that means there's going to be more love in your life, too, because I'm giving it. I'm giving it all week long. Go, Pack, go. Hey, go, Canucks, go. And, you know, we didn't mention this. Now, you kind of did. You know, you mentioned the whole Kuzmenko thing, the biggest X factor, blah, blah, blah. You know, one of the narratives coming out of Saturday's game was, look, Look, man, this is why you got to give Pedersen somebody to play with. Who's not McKayev? Who's not Lafferty? You need to give this guy some skill. Help him out. A.K.A., you need to get Kuzmenko going because, man, oh, man, Pedersen does de- definitely needs somebody, somebody dynamic to play with because it unlocks another level to his game and makes things easier. Slash, in general terms, just allows him to get the puck in more dynamic spots in the offensive zone. So, Kuzmenko, man. Do your thing. Yeah, I don't know how Kuzmenko feels about the lot of line being reunited, but, uh, you know, that guy, every time I've been around the rink or watched him on the bench, seems to have a positive attitude, man. So he's got to keep that positive attitude going. Um, but, man, oh, man, no one should be more positive than Elias Patterson because not only did he have two goals against the Devils, not only is he reunited with JT Miller and Brock Besser, but he just witnessed a, a Willie Nylander signing an extension, eight years, $11.5 million dollars, uh, Kyle, has this changed how you feel about how much Pedersen might make? Bro, come on. You're talking to the biggest Pedersen fan out there and also somebody who, I don't know, I feel as if my eye test is on another level right now. Uh, we just brought up Jordan Love, the Green Bay Packers. I, I said it after week one, and I definitely said it after week three. I said, yo, we got another one. And I know Pedersen's been, uh, I'm not even going to use the word mediocre. I think the expectations are so high, rightfully so, but he's been, different in the last 25 games okay the production has dropped off compared to his first 20 games right not not the first like 15 games or whatever right but at the same time throughout his last 20 games we've still seen the points but we've seen the intensity too maybe one game he's been invisible but when he's not putting up points he's laying the body doing his thing he's in there doing the most and he's done it before he showed us you know he's a prototypical playoff performer he can do it and when you see things like that, again, him laying the body, being involved, that's going to happen again. And because of that, again, in my opinion, you can't overpay guys like Elias Patterson. Your job is to lock him up. Now, there is that argument that if Patterson really wants to win, he's got to take a bit of a discount. Look, if he gets paid $11.5 million for eight years, that's a big discount. Let's be real. Let's be honest. So it doesn't really yeah. change a thing. I like. It, the only thing that it shows me is, yeah, there's <laughs> there's a good chance he's going to get $100 million, which I've been saying 
the whole time. Yeah, 100 million for Pedersen. So that would be what 12.5 over eight is 96. So you're talking 13 mil if I mass correct. Holy man. Okay, so some people are like, I heard Don Taylor talk about this, right? Like, how are you going to pay Elias Pedersen that much when JT Miller's only making eight? So take that prompt and, and say something about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with JT Miller, who I, I think with JT Miller, you, you, it's all about career arcs too, right? Like everything plays into a contract negotiation. It's not just like, that, that's like looking through one silo. There's probably about 50 different silos you can look through when you're signing a contract. And that's exactly how these contract negotiations would go. But with JT Miller, it was, you know, a career of being a third play, a third liner or a second line player comes to Vancouver, pops off, still has some downs though while he's in Vancouver. So I think eight million was probably a bargain AAV, but they extended the contract to seven years, right? So I think it was just a completely different set of circumstances. Now with Patterson, he's coming to the league and he had ten goals in his first ten games. He's now over a point per game for his career. He's one of the wow. best centers in hockey. One of the best playmakers. Play, Two years younger than Elander. A couple years young, younger than Elander. Yeah. So I mean, I think with Patterson, right? It's been a whole career of being a first line player. With JT Miller, it was. He spent mm-hmm. a minority of his career as a first line player. Um, so yeah, I, I think with Pedersen, yeah, he, again, I look at the Nylander contract, not much has changed for me in that regard. Although I do think he's probably closer to 12 than, than maybe 11, like we thought before. Mm-hmm. And now I've seen it in the comments, I've seen it online. There, there are people that think kind of like you and, and myself to an extent as well, where it's just like, give Pedersen whatever, he deserves it. But I say there's a vocal minority who think that Pedersen's not worth 11 million plus per mm-hmm. season. Um, mm-hmm. well, he is for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, look at, the, look at I, this, man. He's got we got Jimmy. Shout out to Jimmy. Patterson mm-hmm. is definitely not worth 12 and a half per season. Okay. And look at this one Miller is worth more than Elias Patterson. Uh, people, I, I don't think we've seen the best of Patterson over the, this last stretch of games. But again, I don't know if uh, Trevor, I don't know if this is the old head in me or just the sports guy in me or if I'm just pro Elias, you know, for whatever reason. Okay. But again, when I see this guy be that physical, in spurts and again he's been responsible for maybe three or four of the biggest hits of the season for this team it gets me so excited for the playoff run because when your most skilled guy is doing that it bleeds throughout the lineup and it allows things like Carson Susie, Ian Cole to play above their value it, it allows things for like Teddy Bluger guys to do the most because again you're seeing that guy Elias Patterson weighs less than 200 pounds doing the most throwing his body on the line and he's also picking up the most points it does something it's it's spiritual it's yeah different, and we haven't seen him in the playoffs for a long time. We saw what he did in his first run, and then you look at what he did with this Swedish team before he came over to the NHL. That guy's got it in him. He's got it in him. Yeah. Well, he believes in himself, right? I think there was yeah. a report from Elliot Friedman today where he said that Pedersen does not want to talk contract till the end of the season. It's kind of the same thing we've heard before. Whoa, whoa! He just said that. He said that today. Yeah, uh, oh. Elliot Friedman said that on on Thirty Two Thoughts. Okay, Kyle, <laughs> see you later. I'll, I'll finish the show by myself. Um, Again, I don't think that should worry fans. It obviously worries Kyle a bit, but some guys just don't want to talk contract during the season. And I think part of the reason he doesn't want to talk contract because he believes in himself. Like Kyle said, he probably hasn't played his best hockey over the last stretch. Now the Canucks are signing him based on years of work and and projecting years into the future. It's not just on a little sample stretch here. Um, But Pedersen believes in himself. I think that's the number one reason why he doesn't want to negotiate during the season. He probably wants to get to the playoffs and prove his worth in the playoffs. 
And Kyle, I wanted to mention quickly, you kind of talked about him being mediocre. It's interesting. You look at his first, the first 13 games of the season, Pedersen put up 25 points over his, sorry, the first 14 games put up 25 points over his last 25 games. He put up 23 points. So yeah. you're right. It hasn't been the same version as of Elias Pedersen that we saw early in the season where he was at an Art Ross winning pace. Um, but he just, he delivers so much to the team, right? I, again, so don't, don't much, think he's the best bro. penalty killer, but just an unreal player. Now, I think this might be a, a segue into the quickest goats of the week that we've done because we're already 25 minutes into the show having Dude. a goats of the week. So let's uh, let's get into it, man. Hit, hit the button, baby. Goats of the week, baby. Here, unlocked on Canucks. I'm hitting the button. Dude, I, I still want to talk about Pedersen, man. You're getting me emotional, but we'll, we'll do it later, okay? Goats of the week. All right, Kyle. I'll give you, I'm going to give you the floor on Pedersen because he is yeah. my one for your goats of the week last week at the Vancouver Canucks. Four goals, three games, five points overall. At even strength, he was on the ice for six goals, four, one goal against. Boom, bam, baby. Another great week from Elias Pedersen. Although I will say, I didn't think he was great in the Blues game. I thought that line uh, with McKay and Lafferty and Pedersen was probably, uh, uh, the fourth line was pretty bad, but it, it, they did not have a great game against the Blues. Uh, but overall, man, it's Elias Pedersen's doing his thing, flashing his creativity. And like you said, even in nights like St. Louis where he wasn't great, he still managed to make an impact whether it's being physical or doing something else. Pedersen's the man, man. Go through the list because I'm, I'm emotional. You got me emotional with that Freeman comment. Just keep going through the list, man. Your top <laughs> five goals of the week, man. All right, let's let's right, I'll wrap it up quick styles here. Number two, I have JT Miller, three goals, five points. I actually thought against the Blues, he was probably one of the best Canucks, had a few chances in that game as well. Number three, Pew Suter, okay? Uh, this is his first appearance on the Goats of the Week list. He wow. was an absolute stud against the Senators. Uh, now he's been elevated into a second-line center role. And again, in that game against St. Louis, when he was playing with Miller and Besser, I thought that was probably the best line for the Canucks in that game uh, as well. Uh, number four, I had Connor Garland. Uh, two goals on the week for a guy who's been creating. So um, good. So good. Uh, he's, now he's finally so scored some goals. And that goal against the Devils was so clutch, scoring. So you know, the Devils scored with less than 30 seconds left in Garland scores with just over 10 seconds left. I mean, such a clutch goal there by Garland. And number five, man, I debate about Quinn Hughes here. Uh, like you said, he was good against the Blues in a night where the Canucks weren't great, but I'm going with Dakota Joshua. Oh, man. Again, you know what, Trevor? I'm going to shut you up. I'm going to shut you up. Dude, you're from Surrey. I'm from Surrey. And again, this guy just opened up the rear end and just put a, put a whole timber tree up it, you know, for real. Noah Juleson. Noah Juleson is the number five go to the week. Erase it right now. Give him some points on the standings because – this is proof that Rick Tockett, Adam Foote, Sergey Goncha, Sergey Goncha, I'm sorry, and company know what they're doing because I don't know how they did it midseason for a top-tier team, making this guy into somebody who makes me kind of regret the Nikita Zadorov trade, okay? Seriously, that's how it's making me think because he's not put four good good, good games together, not, not two. I think he's played 10 to 12 good games together, and you talk about the confidence. We talked about this is the confidence that he would find in the AHL. No, he's found it now, and he's just playing smart, wise, calm hockey. And, dude, Noah Juleson deserves a lot of respect. It's just the truth. Okay? Anyways, Locked on Canucks. My name Kyle Bowen. That right there is Trevor Bags. Cut him out. You know, we were supposed to talk about the Rangers game after the break. We're not doing that. We're talking more about Pedersen. A ton of comments. For real. I'm emotional. I can't believe Elliot Friedman, man. Yo, Friedman, take a break, man. Take a break. Trevor, I don't know who you're shouting out here. I'm about to cry. I'm about to break my TV screen. Elias Pettersson signed the contract ASAP. You're listening to Locked on Canucks. All right. Before we wrap up the show, I got to shout out FanDuel, okay? The NFL regular season has wrapped up 
but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The FanDuel app is so damn easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like with live same-game parlays. You can find bets on the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and more. And by the way, yeah, Kyle's Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. My Seattle Seahawks Whoop. not in the playoffs. Uh, I hate to say it. I hate to say this to you, Kyle, but I'm, I'm going for the Packers because in uh, the wildfire round, Cowboys are probably okay, my least favorite going, team in the NFL. You're going for the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is no longer my quarterback. If you yes. guys are listening to this show, Trevor Beggs absolutely hates Aaron Rodgers. He's hated him for like a decade plus. It's just the truth. And no, he's no longer there. And you and I, you know, we're, we're, we're best friends, you know? Right behind your wife is Kyle Bowen, okay? Right behind your kids is Kyle Bowen. I'm a Packers fan. I need your support. Yeah, I'll support you uh, against the Cowboys because F them Cowboys, man. My one of probably my least favorite NFL franchise out there. Uh, whether you're betting on the Cowboys or the Packers, make sure you go do so on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, okay. Welcome back to this. Another episode of Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is Trevor Beggs. And uh, we need Elliot Friedman on the show. I want to call this guy out. I know he's doing his job. But just leave us alone for a little bit. Reporting that Elias Patterson is still on schedule to only talk contract at the end of the season. Which, if true, Beggsy, I hate to break this. If that's true and he actually does that, it's a 50-50 chance. It's not a 90% chance that, you know, we're going to sign him. It's a 50-50 chance because that tells me something fishy's going on. You're talking about, you're no, li listen to this, okay? You're talking about, and maybe there's different levels to this, but elite centermen at that level are something else. And we talked about Alvin and Rutherford, Tockett, the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? They're bringing that type of culture, that type of ethic into the building. Hey, maybe they want to bring those types of players in too. They know how important having an, a one-two center punch is, having guys like Pedersen and Miller is, okay? I guarantee that they've already offered him a lot of money. Okay, maybe they have, right? And he's still not taking it, blah, blah, blah. And I was going to wait to the end of the season. Man, oh, man, I'm starting to get scared that uh, Pedersen is not going to be a Canuck next season. Yeah, you you really went to a dark place there. I Bro, think the end of the season, that's, that's Kachuk stuff. That's Kachuk stuff. I think that's one example of it, right? Um, you know, I think the odds are way better than 50-50. I mean, again, like, look, some players just don't want to negotiate during the season. I think I want to say the Sedins were like that. Luongo was certainly like that. And they both resigned with the Canucks, right? So, I'm yeah, I, again, even though, even though one guy doesn't want to um, negotiate during the season doesn't mean he's leaving the team. So I wouldn't go to that dark place. I do think Pedersen's going to stay in Vancouver. If he doesn't, that's his own loss, man. It's a team on the rise right now. He's certainly playing a part of it, but he's not the only guy who's, you know, he's not putting the team on his back or anything like that. It's a team effort right now. Okay, we got comments pouring in about uh, Pedersen's next contract. He signs for three to four years. All stars are signing shorter contract for profits. That's, that to me, like it could, we saw it with Matthews, right? And it's maybe like this new thing across sports, which would make sense. And shout out to the players, man. Like I, I kind of do get a little... 
not not worried, but a little bored when we just see like these eight year deals. This all being said, as a Canucks fan, I want that eight year deal. I want it. That's just the truth. Okay, how about this Eastman four twenty? Shout out to four twenty, man. You know the deal. Shout out to four twenty, man. It's just the truth. Signing him for eleven to twelve cripples the team. Does it not? <sighs> man, no. it it with the OEL contract maybe, but. We got to bring this up, man. It's it's the truth. JT Miller signed for $8 million. So I think JT Miller is still going to be really good for like three or four years. So because he he's the one that signed for $8 million, maybe we won't be crippled because one of our guys, one of the best players on our team, a lot of you guys are talking about this guy being better than Patterson. He's getting paid way less. So maybe it won't. Now, do, do you think he has to take less to help build a stronger team? I, I get the argument. I just feel as if, I don't know if the Canucks can play that card based on his first new negotiation with the Canucks years ago, uh, but maybe Albion and Rutherford can just lay it out. Like, look at Crosby and Malkin, you know? Look look at this uh, uh, blueprint. Does he have to take less? I think that's an interesting question. I wouldn't, I'd say no, he doesn't have to take less, but certainly if he takes less, it's going to help this team actually build a Stanley Cup contender, right? I mean, I think the Maple Leafs are in a different situation because everyone just took what they were worth, right? Nylander, Matthews, Marner, Tavares. And now it's like, okay, yeah, you've got all your cap tied up in four guys. How are you going to build the rest of your team? And the goaltending has been weak. Their defense has been weak. It is hard to build a contender when you have four guys on your team making $10 million plus dollars a season. Now, Patterson's going to get $10 million plus easily. I would say if the Canucks can get it under, I think 11 right now is kind of the bar, right? If they get it under 11, it's a steal. Anything over 11 is probably market value. Anything over 12, I'm not going to say it's an overpayment, but it's like, yeah, dang, the Canucks didn't really get him to take a discount here. <laughs> man, just sign Patterson, man, okay? Uh, greedy PD, he's all about the money. I don't think so. I don't think so, man. He doesn't we'll seem like out. that. He doesn't, so either, not, he doesn't we'll seem out. like that type of guy, man. Oh, okay, last question before we get out of here. What do you think allows him to take less? Like, let's say the Vancouver Canucks get to the Western Conference Finals. That's proof of concept. That's, yo, maybe uh, I got to trust this management group. And if I take a million less and they're able to add more pieces, because let's be honest and let's be, let's be real. You know, taking a million less going into next season is huge. Taking a two, like 1.5 less going into next season is huge because you're not going to have all these guys back. Bluger, Lafferty, Dakota Joshua, Ian Cole. Those guys, those guys aren't all coming back. You got to replace those guys with new $1 million players. So what do you think? would allow Pedersen to take less? Like, what's the uh, what's the standard that, that the Vancouver Canucks have to set? Well, I, I think the standard's already been set on a day-to-day -day basis. It's what they've been doing since they try to come in, uh, right? The, the work hard every day, get these guys in here. But I think, to me, one of the big tells is going to be the trade deadline, right? We've seen it with Jim Rutherford in, in 06 ooh, with the Carolina Hurricanes. Crazy, dude. If the Canucks like add one of the trade deadline and this team is suddenly like a bona fide cup contender, they can't afford to keep everyone, that might be a time when Patterson takes less. He says, okay, this team is doing everything they can to win the Stanley Cup. If I can help out by taking Ooh. a million less, um, and that makes a difference, then that might be the kind of tipping point for him. But like you said, Kyle, it's it's that the day-to-day -day standard the organization is setting. It's going on a playoff run. It's also, I think, again, what they do with the trade deadline to help with the playoff run is going to play a big part in it too. We have to be buyers at the deadline so we can buy Elias Patterson. Look at this comment, okay? Kenton Riggs. Why would he take less if his line mates are two checkers 90%, 90% of the time? And uh, look at this one, Jimmy Canuck. Yo, Jimmy Canuck, Jimmy, man, go for a walk. 
Celebrate 420, okay? OEL buyout and a huge Pedersen contract equals no Stanley Cup for the Vancouver Canucks. And then we got Dingbat. If he walks, at least we get three first rounders. What would it be for? I don't know. We also got a comment from Nick, man. JT's contract is trash. Bro, enough negativity, okay? That was another episode of Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is Trevor Beggs. Go Pack Go. I think we had uh, somebody uh, congratulate me in the Green Bay Packers. One love to you. Wishing me some love. I know I got a little negative t- negative there. I also know that there were some technical difficulties early on. Thank you for your patience. Shout out to Begsy for holding it down. Speaking of Begsy, sign us out. A shout out to the everydayers, occasional listeners, first time listeners, new subscribers, and each of every one of you that joined us for the live part of our show here on YouTube. We love each and every one of you, your families, and your dogs too. Hit the like button. Second, Hit the like button. Hit that like button. 10 second pregame prophecy. The Canucks right now, it's going to be a tough one tonight against the New York Rangers. Um, they've matched up well against some Stanley contenders like Dallas, haven't matched up so well against others like Colorado and Vegas. I'm going to say the lotto line carries us through. 3-2 win for the Canucks tonight with the lotto line scoring two goals. Positivity, baby. Let's go. Um, coming up this week, again, lots of games on this road trip to talk about. Rangers, Islanders, uh, Penguins, and we've got Buffalo and Columbus on the road trip. Uh, lots of games to go through. But I also want to talk about a second-line center target, okay? If the Canucks keep with the lotto line, is there a second line center out there that fits for the Vancouver Canucks? I think we'll do an episode on that. But for now, I'm Trevor Banks. That guy's Cal Bound, and you've been listening to Locked On Canucks. Go, Pat, go. Shout out to the Vancouver Canucks. Enjoy your day. Peace. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.